This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, what's up? Welcome. I'm Guy. That's John. It's YouTube and it's the podcast. Glad you're here. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Five-star review on Apple Podcast. Um, I just got back from Niners HQ, John. Levi Stadium. Field is covered in tarp. Uh, forecast said no rain. Sprinkled on me a little bit. Keep that in mind. Unpredictable Santa Clara weather. Uh, talked to our boy Kawakami. He said he enjoyed yesterday's podcast. So, uh, hey. What was his, what was his take? Uh, on which part? I don't he know. Just, the main he, just part. Me, he just told me he got a kick out of it. This is what he said. Oh. Uh, so uh, uh, I, 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 my impression, I recorded something with Tim that I'll, I don't know, I'll put up tomorrow maybe on YouTube. But um, yeah, he it wasn't good, which is I'll talk to him about it. He was basically like, what, he he acted, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he was like, oh, middle golf went hard, but like kind of kidding. And I'm like, well, you know what he was saying. And Tim was like, yes, I, I, you know, basically like he acknowledged what I said to him, which is I think sometimes it all gets kind of lost in the nuance. Like you could sit and argue about it in circles all day long. But um, glad we're everyone's arguing about it. I, I saw Sherman's firing at people. It's just what Sherm say. Uh, I can't even remember. I, I got so many takes that I've read today. It's just a lot of people are arguing about it. Mm. And you're clearly on one side of the line or the other. Right. This isn't like even if you're hey, not uh, you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you like uh, I, I, some some opinions? Right. Like most people, if you ask, do you like Mexican food. I would say it'd be universal. Yes. Like, do you meet many people that don't like Mexican food? Right. Tacos, burritos. I would say universal. Most people. I'm not saying every night. But like I fucking yeah, I like Mexican food, like yeah. pizza, cheeseburgers. Like there are certain things. And then there are some foods that are like sushi would be one. I would say it's more universal now, but you're not a big guy. Like my mom, I can eat a little, but just not like every week, you know, it wouldn't, but you'll meet some people that are like, fuck, I good place. I'll go there five times a week. I tell her, but but most people that's, I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but I would be closer to her probably than you. And I I think then there are topics like Purdy that are just, I thought you said it pretty well. It's not going away. No matter what happens these next three weeks, it is not ending. Well, in an ideal world, it's going to get amplified. Yeah, well, yes. And the question is, are we at the top of the curve because they lose and then it gets bad and Kyle replaces them? and zoom. Or if it goes well, we're only at the beginning of it, right? Just go look at quarterback charts. We're in year six of arguing about Josh Allen, right? And it's not ending. Well, look, well I actually think – and he's So if they even, win, then you keep it going, right? Josh Allen's in the playoffs every year, so we're arguing about Josh Allen in big games. I mean, four straight wins the divisions, goes physically toe-to-toe. To me, he's on the highest end of like – no one's arguing whether like you should pay him 45, 50 million. Like he, he's even on the highest tier. It is a di- yeah, it's a different argument. He's on, he's on the, the best tier to be on. If you're not going to be a Super Bowl champ, <laughs> then there's like this weird, like Jalen's kind of found himself in one right now. Hasn't he making 40 plus million people? Like, is he good? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. It felt like the argument ended for him for like six months. Right. Maybe it never ended. And you, and you can mind, have but. it flow. You can have like everyone think you suck. Look at the guy they're playing. 
And now everyone's like, yeah, Jared Goff's pretty good, right? But part of it is, here's the thing with Jared Goff. He makes $25 million a year. The last two years, he's probably been one of the best values in the NFL on a non-rookie contract, right? Who's a veteran starting quarterback. Well, it's like, what if, even if they lose this game, they're like, hey, we're going to, and I wouldn't blame them. We want to give him like a extension. Okay, what's the cost? Right. right. It's like three years, 100 million. Okay, but good deal. Is it like four years, 200 million? You know, I don't, I don't even know what the math. Yeah, I guess 50. 50 million. I mean, who knows? Yeah, that, that seems crazy. If you tell me you get Jared Goff playing at $32 million a year, I'm like, fuck yeah, no doubt about it. Right. But it's like, I got He's got to make more than everyone just made last year, all those guys that signed the contract. He, like, he's the next. Because I always hear that. Like, well, it's just the next quarterback contract is more. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, if you got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Lamar Jackson, you feel about it. Ask Howie Roseman, like, is he sleeping perfectly at night? Oh, everyone just gets the max. Well, yeah, that's why the majority of the NBA teams are unwatchable and ratings are in the tank because all these fucking guys. You max these wrong guys. Like, this is, yeah, I'll pay Trent Williams and TJ Watt and Bosa a lot of money, but, like, I don't like paying, oh, he's just the next tackle in line. Well, he's not even a pro bowler. I can't just give him $24 million a year or I got problems, right? This is a business, the way you put your money. And right now, regardless of how we're acting with Purdy, he makes fucking, I bet the Niners have six coaches on their staff that make more money than the guy. Right. Obviously, Kyle, both coordinators, that's three. Uh, Kasurik, that's four. Would it shock I mean, if Greasy sneaky no, makes I, more? If you told me Greasy makes a million, believable, five, minimum five. I'm talking coaches make more money than him. Yeah. So it's like, it's you got to put it into it. So all you're relative. saying, I, I saw a Niner employee gassing up a G Wagon today. When I left and stopped for my Celsius, you know, at that Shell station right by Levi's, you don't think that was Brock's G wagon that that guy was maybe. What role does that guy play? We know him. Uh, I I did not. He had a lot of Niners gear. You know, you you've been around in a lot of NFL buildings. You're like, oh, that guy, he's from the building. He was wearing like multiple. He was like the Trent Williams SF Niner hat, the residency okay, Niner hat, one that we could like mutually text together on a text chain. One of those. What's that? It's not like we know the guy personally. No, no, we don't know. No, we don't know the guy. We don't know the guy. Gotcha. But it was one of those where I'm like, it could be his truck, but I'm guessing that's given the timeline practice just started. I'm guessing he's gassing up somebody's truck with it. Was my guess. I used to take Howie's car, put gas in it. What was he driving? Big body Benz? At the time, I think, uh, no, it was was a big body like um, the 7 Series Beamer. This oh was, yeah, you know, okay. 10, 11. That's what I guess. That's what I would have expected. Or now, John, you know, range and the Jeep. You know, depend if he wants to be working man, brings like the the four door Jeep. If he wants to, you know, oh, yeah. win the Super Bowl, you bring the black range. Meeting for the owner, <laughs> uh, John. Tito's toast all the blue collar people out there gassing up people's cars, doing the dirty work, the unseen work behind the scenes to keep the star players gassed up and ready to go. Uh, Tito's toast. We are sponsored by Tito's handmade vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, whether you are ordering at the bar, Tito's and water, Tito's and soda, Tito's and ginger, uh, it's called a, uh, a, a Moscow Mule, or a little Tito's and Arnold, Arnold Palmer, that's a John Daly. Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Uh, we went to dinner the other night with a friend who works in the alcohol business, was associated with Tito's, gave me some Tito's golf balls, and he had gone skiing. once. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. And uh, I was actually playing golf like a couple weeks ago with a guy who just kept ordering Tito's, shots of Tito's, and he poured into like his Stanley Hydro flask. He's like, yeah, I just put a little water in some, uh, you know, one of those like uh, 
you know, electrolytes and I just keep loading it up with alcohol. I'm like, that's kind of genius, staying hydrated and healthy. And he said that he drives a Tesla, speaking of gas, and he went on this three-hour road trip. I don't think he's owned the Tesla that long. And it just, you know, out of sight, out of mind, didn't think about it, gets there and realizes, uh, looks on his phone because, you know, they kind of can say, and there was not a charger in, I mean, he's fucked. What'd he do? He's like, well, they, he had dinner at a restaurant or whatever, asked the person that maybe the bartender is like, oh yeah, my buddy right down the street and he was able to charge it. But it was for moment, somebody's house. Tank. Yeah. And this is like, uh, this is like Lake Tahoe. This is a very small place somewhere like three hours away from Scottsdale. Uh, for a minute, I think he thought he was, he was royally fucked. But luckily <laughs> went to somebody's home up, went into their garage. Yeah. yeah actually the bartender kind of a, or had to call yeah. the buddy who I think was like having people over. And like, oh yeah. Bring him by. They pulled out a car, put him in. Gave That's him a charge. Fantastic. Uh, John on the stream says, Ham, hey, try Tito's Georgia Mule, ginger beer, peach schnapps. Uh, is, is schnapps have an alcohol content to it, or is that just like a flavorer? It's got an I alcohol it, content, right? I think it's like, you know, it's, it's like alcohol. Bailey's cream. It has a little alcohol in it. Gotcha. I think I'm not a big schnapps guy. No, me either. But uh, that's that's John's recommendation there. So schnapps is one of those things that feels like it's uh I, I might be depending on where you what part of the country you're in. I could see it being bigger in colder weather places, but I, I'm not around many people that ever like, hey, you want something? And they add like it's got some schnapps in it. You know? <laughs> it feels like that's a thing you used to hear. Yeah. 30, you know, 20 years ago. I don't know. I feel like, it's like when do you ever see anyone smoking a cigarette anymore? You know, what's funny is I was talking to somebody the other day about a, a mutual acquaintance. I was like, you know, the thing about him is he's got a great voice. And he goes, we actually smokes all the time. It's fake. Like, oh, I had no idea. I'd never seen him smoke. But you don't really. Zen, John. Look out, Lucy. In the crosshairs. Well, Sh- Schumer's coming for us. Schumer's coming. Um, c- can I uh, can I give you some? Uh, can I empty the reporter notebook for you, Middlecoff? I saw right before we hopped on, I saw someone ask Brandon Ayuk. They're like, uh, do, do you want to get the old guys to the Super Bowl? He's like, I've never been to the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? I want to go to the Super Bowl. That's that's a good call. People just assumed. It was just a very genuine answer. Like, yeah, I, I want to go. <laughs> you know, uh, like, yeah, it's cool if like Armstead gets to go back, I guess. But like, <laughs> can I, doing can it, I go doing it for Armstead, man. We just do yeah. it for Eric. Uh, Brock, speaking of Purdy, since we also tell you something, Brock, you said go to today, practice. I guess they don't allow the practice. first 20 minutes. I didn't, you know, Debo didn't practice today, so I wasn't going to go watch Debo not practice. If Debo was going to practice, I'd watch the go, go watch the first 20 minutes, but it's hard when you're the hybrid reporter like yourself and you get to go to training camp as your main ones or OTAs. And it's just very not NFL because once the season starts, that doesn't exist. You basically yeah. go for stretching. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not interested in reporting, John. I'll let other people do the reporting. I'll just hover around the reporters and occasionally ask a question or two. Um, but talk to anyone off the record today? Anyone giving you I did, actually. Did, I did. I did talk to a couple people. I did. I talked to a few players today. Didn't Not on video. Uh, one was, I'd say, semi-off the record. The other one was on the record, and I'll tell you about it in a second. But what I wanted to tell you was specifically something Purdy said today that I thought was interesting, which was – and I watched the game again. I like his uh, hat. As, as a lot of people have the Niner hat with the the some about having your conference logo on the side makes it feel like you're you know like wearing your conference logo week four is weird. Wearing it when you're about to play in the NFC Championship game is kind of cool, right? It's like a bowl game. 
you know, the, it has the, a newer hat feel to it, but it has the string, I think, on it, at least from the video I saw. Oh, okay. I was on the good looking hat. Yeah. He, he, uh, he was, I was on the side where you just see the conference logo and it kind of just feels like bowl game. You like Rose bowl logo, sugar bowl, like bowl game. Um, he, he was talking about the first drive where he almost threw that interception. When I say almost, I mean, hit a dude in his hands and kind of, I watched one, the guy dropped it. I went and watched like the end zone view of it. It was really weird. Like Brock's usually not in that spot where, like the, he didn't, the guy didn't come out of nowhere. He was just safety was just there the whole time. And Ayuk, I think it was Ayuk, right. Was just running right into him and he just undercut it. And was like, God, wait. Brock doesn't usually get, I don't know, fooled even the word. And he said, she's like, you know, um, I made a couple bad decisions early that made me tentative, which I thought was really interesting for him to admit, you know, like in a weird way, him almost throwing that pick early gave him time to play his way out of it. What happens if he almost throws that pick at the beginning of the fourth quarter does he have a drive at the end of the game like that? And I didn't get it didn't get to it. But my like the thing I'd be wondering with him is what do you do when you suddenly get tentative? Like how do you play your out or your way out of it? I think anybody knows if you're ever in a position where you're a little uncomfortable, you can't just decide to become comfortable again. You you got to get yourself comfortable. And um, you know that was before he had a ball kind of slip out of his hands or he made a throw that was probably didn't go where he wanted it to go. That ball went where he wanted it to go. And it almost was a pick six. And I thought it was just interesting to hear him kind of admit that, that he got tentative early in the game. Obviously he eventually played his way. I don't know if he played his way out of it, but he was, you know, nails on that last drive. So basically he admitted, I hit the ball out of bounds on the first hole, but it hit a wall and bounced back into play. But I it was, I was thinking about that for the next eight holes. Which yeah, he didn't. Human. He didn't say how long human. it affected him, but he was like, and he's right. It was not. I, I, I watched him. I, I heard him say that. You saw I, that, right? And I, I just yeah. thought it was interesting to hear him talk. It wasn't on that particular throw. Like maybe there was more going on than just the rain. You know, like well, if I told was, you right now that he's going to throw a pick in the game against the Lions, you can choose the quarter. Every single human alive would choose the first quarter, right? I might choose the second, like get, get a score in, have two touchdowns on the board, then throw it. What do you think? I think you'd first drive pick is kind of terrifying. I know, but you have so much of the game left. You would obviously never choose the second half. I guess you could, you could figure it out in your mind. Well, maybe they're up 14, nothing or 14 to seven, whatever you (laughs) would never. But if I told you he throws a fourth quarter interception, that would rattle you. You'd be like, Oh, you're like, why are they throwing? Right. Yeah. Die game. So it's just, yeah, I, I totally understand where he's coming from. Yeah. I, I also think there's a difference of like uh, an almost pick where a guy makes a great play, you know, jumps up in your throwing lane, uh, a, a, a wide receiver flip, uh, you know, falls. Mm-hmm. And then just like th- that's those type picks where the guy is walking into the end zone has to rattle any young player, right? I, I would imagine the older you get, you know, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Philip Rivers is a good example, like unfazed. But I, I do think he, you know, I also think the magnitude of the moment, right? There, There's just, there's tangible, you could feel it. Everyone felt it on their couch. You felt it at your house. I felt it at my house. Everyone felt it watching it. What do you think? How do you think they feel? Right? That's what, that's what makes champions. Like it's easy for Kobe and Mike, like no matter how many, Shots I missed in the game. I'm not afraid to pull the trigger on the 35th attempt in the fourth quarter. 
down one point. Yeah. Well, it's easy for them to say. A lot of guys are like, pass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, it is, confidence is shaky when you're young. I just think as a human being in general. It's, I think anyone listening or watching this can relate to that. Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes understand where he has a little more Teflon confidence, right? Yeah. But no, I don't think really it's hard for your humans to really be fully bulletproof. Like even if you ask Mahomes, hey, Pat, at any time this year, did you feel like, I don't know if we can pull this off? I mean, the answer has to be, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he is Teflon. Well, I, I, I also think that's why I was watching. Uh, did you see this amateur on the PGA Tour one from Alabama? He won the the PJ Tour event last weekend. Yeah, yep. And then he, and he canceled. Just, he he didn't he didn't participate in the canceled event. Tory Hawaii Pines. or yeah. yeah Tory Pines. So he Saban calls in. This guy's his putting coach. Wait wait and what, what where is this? What, what calls this, into, this guy? This guy's a sophomore at Alabama. Yeah, he calls into the broadcast on NBC. Gotcha. So for like two holes, Saban is on the phone as like a. Kisner and it wasn't Dan Hicks, but someone like that was calling and Saban's just talking about it. And he was just saying like, whether it's golf, whether it's football advert, I don't care if you're Alabama in the peak of our powers or my shittiest team or Dunlap when he's just birdied four straight or he just, he on the seventh hole on Sunday, he shanked it into the water and he's playing with Sam Burns and Justin Thomas. All you can do is focus on the next play. It is so cliche and stuff. All you can do is focus on the next shot. And it's like, I think the the easier it is to get over this stuff, why Mahomes or Tom Brady, it's like, well, I got, I get another play. Yeah. Right. And then if we are successful, because in the moment you freak out, it feels like, oh, that's a huge swing in the game. Well, even if he would have picked it, I mean, it would have felt devastating at the time, but there's a lot of game left. Right. And you just got to be able to. And that's why I think in general, luckily for the 49ers this season, like that game did happen the Cleveland and Baltimore, like it wasn't just super, super easy, right? They, they had some moments where they lost some games. I actually think it's a pretty healthy situation. It's not like they're 15 and two and their their two losses. One was like on a late fumble, a fuck up. And, you know, another was like a game week 18 goal from 50. Yeah. I like just, week 18 when you're resting. Yeah. Everybody. Where they were benching the guys like that. Like they had some legitimate, I mean, kicking the dick losses, <laughs> And they had a win that felt like still like they got kicked in the dick. They just were able to get on to the next game. So I, I think it's healthy to be in that situation. Like yeah. this Lions team has been – like they haven't just dominated the last three years, right? I mean, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. So they have been a couple – I think last year with this majority of their core, they started one and five, right? They Remember, they started really slow. And then they ended up winning like eight of their last ten games or whatever last year. And obviously this year start to finish, they were just really good. But like even they had some, you know, they got their ass kicked on Thanksgiving to the to by the Packers. Most teams have that. It's, but the 49ers, when they're rolling, it's like, God, this is that's what always the pushback on Purdy. It's like, fuck, he's winning the game 40 to 10. It doesn't even get tested. It's fair. It's like, yeah. When it's going, it's just like almost feels too easy for this team. Yeah. And that's not football. They uh I, you saw this today. I thought it was I hadn't thought of this till you just said it. But they asked Purdy, which is pretty special too. Like Brock, it, you know, you were in, you got hurt in the NFC Championship game last year. Now you're you're back, and I'm just sitting there looking at Brock, like, fuck, he is back. I mean, I know he is, right? But how many chances do you get to like just come back the next year, right back to the NFC Championship game? Andy Mahomes is a six. A- Andy Mahomes, even I said to somebody, I'm like, God, you don't get many weeks like this. You know, people are just like, hey, how's it going? I was like, oh, I'm good. You don't get many weeks like this. It's like, well, actually, the Niners do. Kyle's in the NFC Championship game all the time. <laughs> Isn't um, this their third straight? Fourth overall, yeah. 
fourth and five years. So, um, <laughs> but, but the point on Purdy was even Brock admitted, like what you're saying is like, you know, last year was cool, but I kind of came in to a team that was kind of rolling when I took over last year. It was like this year, you know, I got to experience, like we were down, we had to battle back. You know, I think he feels more ownership over this year. And like you said, this year for them, feel to him, I think feels like real life. Last year probably felt like a dream up to the NFC Championship yeah. game. Like it can't be this easy. This year, they did have some adversity. He was a part of it. He's had adversity. Cleveland game, Ravens game, now this game. And um, concussion, stingers. Con- concussion, multiple stingers. Yeah. No, you're right. Guys getting hurt. Offensive line, like are they going to be able to hold this thing together? So. McCaffrey, sideline massages. What's up with Christian? He's fine. Don't worry about it. So just a lot, a lot going on there. Um, what was the take on? I you know I know he's he I I I listened to part of it. It was I was at the gym. And I had it on my phone. Like he wouldn't get specific on. It's not the same injury with Debo, but it's still concerning. Essentially, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, they're not acting like it's a broken chip. No, right? I, they're not acting like it's broken. But Kyle, I think, is just does not want to get specific about it. I, I, my sense is he knows, and just doesn't want to get specific. So all he said was it just his shoulder just really hurts. And I think maybe he's trying not to put Debo in a bad spot, right? If you say, oh, it's just pain management, and then for whatever reason Debo doesn't play, you kind of make your guy look bad, right? If you're like, oh, just take a shot, just play. That's what people do. Um, I don't know, but that's did you get any did, more of a sense being down there whether he's going to go or not, or is just very up in the air? I, I think it's he said I he said Debo's better today, and so I feel a little bit better. Like Debo feels better, so it makes me feel better. So I don't know. Is that optimism? If you were guessing right now, do you think he plays? I would. I mean, if I'm just guessing, I'm just guessing, but I'm guessing that he plays. Yeah. If because you're just because you're telling me it's just pain management. That's all it is, right? And I'm assuming that after you got the X-ray on his shoulder at halftime of that game or in the first half of that game, it was too late for a shot to actually take effect on him if he needs a shot. Yeah. He was the only guy in the injury report, right? He was the only guy is in the he- injury report. Armstead was not, which is actually I think kind of significant, and Greenlaw was not, which is also significant. Yeah. So I mean, they're. I said, hey, if I would have told you like a. After the week 18 game, hey, they're only going to have one guy in the injury report. You're like, that's fucking incredible going to the NFC Championship. I'm like, yeah, it's Debo in his shoulder. You're like, oh, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, now, I, if you were ranking, right, the players that they couldn't afford to miss non-quarterback, I think Debo would be pretty near the top. You know, like Trent clearly is pretty important because we saw them miss Trent and Debo and they lost games. You say Fred's pretty important, but if Dre's in there, on you know, it's not like their defense has been smothering as is. Bosa would definitely be important given, but I, I'd say Debo's easily higher than I think we probably would have put him before he got injured the first time and the way he's played. I heard someone say the other day, like, I think he lost a step. Like, what the fuck? I, you, we watching the same guy? Who did, who did I hear say that? It was like some person that talks about the NFL. I, I don't think I think he looks fantastic now. this season when yeah. when he's on the field he's dominated he's he been, looked he, he looked good in the game when they gave him the ball, that play game they gave him the ball yeah he caught it like this cutting across the middle he's very important it kind of hit me in the shower if you just told me they were one hundred percent healthy going in this game I'd be like even after last week they're beating this team I, I do think Debo is kind of a significant like if he's just out like that is yeah. the way they like to build game plans with the versatility all their guys. It does throw them off a little bit, as we literally saw. He is 
you know, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about this driving down there. Like if I hadn't watched the whole season play out, if I didn't know who the favor was, if I didn't hadn't watched the Niners last year, if I hadn't watched the Niners for all these years with this group of players being a championship contender, and I just watched like the Lions last week and not even just watched the Niners last week, that's a bad impression of them, but just kind of knew something about them too. I'd go, okay, what I, what are the differences between these rosters? Like where are they really different? Offensively, they kind of do if you if they've got two backs, which they do with Montgomery and Gibbs, and Gibbs can catch the ball and Gibbs can run between the tackles. And Montgomery want, Montgomery's, I think, one of the lead leaders in tackles running in touchdowns running between the tackles. McCaffrey I mean, does. I think Kyle would love Gibbs. He'd fit perfectly because he can do stuff. Well, he I think John is the closest thing to McCaffrey, one of the closest things to McCaffrey in the league. If you go look at like guys who break away runs and catch the football, it's like those two, Brees Hall. Uh, from a production standpoint, the guy at Pittsburgh, Jalen Watson, but it's, it's, I think it's like Gibbs and McCaffrey, like they're kind of the closest and Christian's more productive in like all these categories, but they're, but Gibbs is close. Debo's kind of the Niners number two running back, right? When you really think about it, it's not even close. He gets way more runs than Elijah Mitchell does. He is their other running back. It's why I hammered the prop in the game against the Packers. It was like over under 40 yards for him at like five to one. I'm like, I think once the playoffs start and we've seen it before, the one year he was like legitimately their running back this year. I was like, I bet they turn him essentially into the backup running back. Like that was my logic going into the game because one, he's just, he's a better player than Mitchell. Even as a, like if he was their running back, you'd feel pretty good. If he was just their running back, like he's a fucking big time running back. So I expected those two – I guess part of the way I've reacted to the game is I just expected to have like 35 carries, 25 Christian, 8 Debo, and then a couple Mitchell when they were both just gassed. Yeah. But that's how I expected it. And I wonder if when the game plan, like were some of the runs, Debo runs, not even the Hezzy stuff, but just normal runs and McCaffrey was kind of banged up. They just didn't want to slam him. Yeah. Did you not say Kamara? I didn't say Kamara, but that'd be the other guy. Yeah. I think that that was when the Lions drafted him. Because, you know, one of the huge quote unquote reactions from draft Twitter and the Mel Kuypers, you know, of the world was it was insanity for right. the Lions to take Gibbs. And do you remember that viral video of their GM and Dan Campbell like acting like they just drafted fucking Joe Montana? Yeah. Was that when the guy when the team before didn't draft him, right? Or was that when they drafted? That was just when the pick was in and it was okay. announced. They went nuts. And I remember watching because I was like, listen, this draft kind of sucks. There are only 15 guys, and they believe this was like I think he was like their third player on the board. They traded one thing, up, they, right? one thing uh well, no, they traded they went from six to twelve. Okay. From six to twelve, because they had the uh, they had the Rams pick who sucked, so they turned the Rams pick into Gibbs, but they also got like pick thirty five or thirty six, which was Laporta. So essentially, going from six to twelve got them Gibbs and Laporta, and that is a chance. I, side note: Everyone keeps talking Marvin Harrison. Well, if you think Brock Bowers is the next Kittle or Kelsey, wouldn't you rather have that guy for ten years than a wide receiver when he costs half as much? Isn't that a hack for the price point? But that's a whole nother conversation. But my point was, is it depends Campbell, on your quarterback and your team a little bit. True. The Dan Campbell said that, uh, oh, because I, I was like, the Chargers should be all over the tight end, not the wide receiver for, for Herbert. Yeah. But Dan Campbell had come from the Saints and he's like, he reminded me so much of, 
of Alvin Kamara. Oh, and it was like you just watch him play. I it feels you got like Jimmy Graham and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, fuck. He might have gotten Travis Better Kelsey. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, might he broke been. shattered the record. He he missed practice today. Oh, urge time. But he but he's been no. I mean he's been banged up yeah, ever since he got hurt week eight. Laporta, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so those guys, their receivers are all good, like professional NFL receivers, right? I, the biggest difference, I think, is just linebacker and defensive backs. I think Kyler, I think I think high end. I think the way and you talked about St. Brown yesterday. Yeah, I think the way a lot of people that every 49er fan takes pride in Ayuk and the way like when Aikman or one of those guys will do an Ayuk game and the way they talk about him, I think they treat St. Brown in Detroit the same way. Like, yeah, he, no one talks about him like he's Jamar Chase or you know AJ Brown or some of these guys but we 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 wouldn't trade this guy for 99% of them we fucking love him well he'd be he'd fit in on the Niners they would love him he's he's just angry when he play, he plays you can just see that he's pissed off not cuz he's getting in fights but he just seems to be at a He's the USC one right and his brother's a Notre Dame one well there's a yeah and then there's a Stanford one too there's Equim- yeah. Equinemius Amon-Ra and Equinemius went to Notre Dame. And which one went to Stanford? There's a third brother that went to Stanford. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is the Detroit Lion one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I forget the name of the brother that went to Stanford, but um, yeah, man. He just, the, you, the, the dad was a big lifter and like there were like videos of them lifting when they were young. Well, that's part of it. When you look at him, he just looks, he like plays like he's tightly wound and he looks tightly wound and he's just, yeah, he just plays at 110 miles an hour. So, but anyway, just back to my point on like what, like where are the Niners' advantages? I think it's their DBs. I think are a problem. Now, one thing Purdy or Kyle, I don't remember which today said. You know, they're just kind of a, a risk reward defense. They take some chances. You Kyle know, just to didn't know. Kyle just didn't have anything to say. He's trying to about compliment. Him. He was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, they they kind of go a lot of cohesion with the D line. Yeah, he just yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, just yeah, where they rank in turnovers like the last. If you he, take the last three games over the last 17 years, they're they're near the top percentage. He's just making shit up. I love what he said. They caused the fourth most negative plays in the league. Part of that he is the, off a, part of that is Aiden did, Hutchinson, right? He had a couple stats that were like over the last four games. He can't fake it like Belichick of just like yeah. When you watch Sutton and he gets in a squat, you see that he, he couldn't even fake it. He's like yeah, because he, he can't say they suck, right? Well, Bill coaches defense. Kyle coaches offense. Kyle, I think Bill, I don't know. I, I Do you think Bill sees the, I feel like Bill kind of sees the best in every player. You know, like, oh, his, if he played for me, I, he'd be an elite gunner. It's like, but Billy's their starting pass rusher. I, I think just that, like, nah, I, I, I kicked that guy's ass. I think he also knows like his uh, art of war is the positivity. I mean, you could he could be playing the 0-16 Lions. He is so good. At, like, that's just one of his two Kyle or Bill? media. Kyle, uh, Bill. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, right. Kyle struggles at but that. But does Bill believe it? Like, I think Bill believes that like, every football player has a value. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just like he should be starting. He should be like uh, my practice squad guy giving me looks, but I yes, would be interested. Yes. In, like, like I, I when Kyle talked about Jared Goff, I believed what he was saying. Yeah. Like he's like I've seen this guy play a lot of good football over the years I've been around him. Yeah, because Kyle thinks, oh, I could ball with that guy. I could win thirteen games with that guy. That was my take. Yeah, that that is the take. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, he likes him. But Kyle, I think privately looks at defensive players like this guy's trash. 
Right. Like, I think he says yeah. that. It was like, Bill doesn't, yeah. I don't think Bill says that about guys. No, no. Uh, also, you got to remember, John, you know what people like to say? Kyle's a receiver. So he looks at those DBs like, me and my guys, me and Ayuk and Juan, Debo, we, we, we could roast these dudes. Oh, Cyrus St. Brown is the Stanford guy. What a name of families. I know. What's their dad's name? It was not a their dad, not a not not a, a out there, out there name. James, uh, James St. Brown. There's always one brother. Like, do they have a fourth brother named like Gary? The first <laughs> one, or like the fourth one? Butcherbox.com/ham and another special deal: free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional twenty bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, I want, I'm going to read you this comment, John, because I got to catch you, catch you something on this. Mark says, our special teams better be ready for a fake punt or kick. Campbell's going to do one of them. Right, Campbell, very aggressive. 
um, a lot of fourth downs. Uh, and I was talking to our buddy Josh Dubow of the AP today because he asked, I came with some Jake Moody stats today. And he gave you seven negative Derek Carr stats? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're not even talking about the Raiders. I said, what do you think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be? He's like, well, you know, if, if, if it's Andy and Pat, most wins at Allegiant Stadium by any coach-quarterback combo. Um, Kyle was asked by Josh Dubow today, the, the Packers had that big kickoff return right after McCaffrey scores a touchdown, right? And Dubow said, he was like, what's the strategy? And Kyle's like, well, you know, sometimes we're kicking it deep. Sometimes we're, we're setting it up and kind of alluded to that. That was an, in, that, that was supposed to be a deep kick and it didn't quite work, but I, I don't know if Kyle really knew. He didn't really say, he didn't say, but <clears throat> I'm going to give you some uh, Jake Moody kickoff return stats, because if you can't cover John, we've seen Super Bowls and big games where kickoff return matters this year, the Niners opponent average starting field position is the 26-yard line. That's the third worst in the NFL, the Niners, third worst in the NFL for their opponent starting field position. Because if you just kicked it out of the end zone, they would be 25. 25. Uh, the return percentage, the opponents returned 33% of the kickoffs, which is the fifth highest percentage in the NFL. Which is insane. I mean, they drafted this guy because he had like one of the strongest legs ever. Uh, he has 95 kickoffs this year, seventh most in the league. So we're talking about a lot of kicks. Score a lot of points, yeah. He has 57 touchbacks. That's 60% of his kicks are touchbacks. That's 23rd in the NFL. His hang time is 3.98, which is average. Um, but keep in mind, last year, the average field position uh, was 25.8. It was actually better with Robbie. Uh Robbie's return percentage, though, was 53%. So teams are returning like 20% fewer of Niners kickoffs this year, which, which is... How great. is that number not near like 90? I, I It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand Cause, cause why. Because some you're... of them are clearly like schemed in the corners. Right. Which they've done which, a lot. Which is what I think that Packers return was because it was not straight. It was to the goal line. And here's the biggest reason I think that kickoff return was schemed. I timed it this morning before I even thought it'd be a conversation. Five seconds. 4.11, which is long. Like that's a longer on the hot, on the longer end of hang time for a kickoff. That's that. If that's your kickoff time, that's like you hang time at long, uh, one of the top, you know, it's like top 10 hang time, which means at 4.11 seconds, that's longer than Moody usually has it in the air. It means he got it good. Like he didn't miss hit it to me. That's what that means. He kicked it good. I don't know why you're letting teams return it on you, right? Especially in that spot. Think about that situation, John. Not only had McCaffrey just hit the 30-yard run, but just before McCaffrey hit the 30-yard run, they converted a third and six catch and run to Kittle. They hit two huge plays back-to-back. -back. They had the momentum. And then you let the Packers return it on you, and they do? I wouldn't let the Lions get one kickoff return. They kick every single one out of the end zone. And anything that's not out of the end zone is a mistake. Their special teams coach is probably one of the higher-paid guys, Dave Phipp, who was with the Eagles for a long time. Coach Cal Poly for a little bit back in the day. Oh. Was was a GA with Brett Brennan way back in the day at Arizona in like 2000. But I think he's widely considered like one of truly the best special teams coach in the league. I, I thought a huge part of when Moody was drafted, and you and I were supporters, like, guys, we're talking about pick, whatever, 108. or It's like, what are, if he's just a good kicker, it won't matter. 
But like, obviously, his kicking is nerve wracking when you watch him as a kicker, right? Which is the number one thing you draft him to do. But the other thing that everyone was like, they were just universally, well, you know, Robbie, his leg strength wasn't anywhere near the top guys in the league. This guy just booming out of the end zone every time. If you would have told me coming into the season, like, would he be closer to 50% or 100%? I'd be like, I don't know. Why wouldn't he be like 90, 95%? Well, what's the point? Like, why would I scheme up anything? Why would I ever kick that? Unless, like, can he not consistently kick it out of the end zone? Well, it makes me wonder if he's not a consistent. Now, he's he did make a lot of kicks this year, right? Like, he made a percentage of kicks that makes you think, like, yeah, he's a consistent ball striker. But as we've talked about, it doesn't always move in a way that makes it feel like it's consistent. Um, and he feels the, like a very, for a guy that felt like the kicking equivalent of like a very ready-made position player, like this guy's plug-and-play position player, that's what I thought as a kicker. Plug-and-play, huge leg, yeah. has been in these big games, kicked at Michigan for years, weather, kicked in front of hundreds of thousands of people. It does feel like if he was a, you know, like a position player, like he's very raw. Right. It's like, this guy's going to need some work, which might be mental, but that's a usually kicker and a punter, a huge part of it. Like it feels it like fe- it's like a big off season for Jake Moody, you know, coming it, up. It feels like a, a, um, a baseball, a hitter is what it feels like to me, you know, or like to your, like a golfer, like ball striking. Cause th- these kickoff percentages make me think he doesn't catch it clean every time. Uh, now, they are better than last year. 60% of his kicks are touchbacks. Last year, Robbie Gold was 46% of his kicks were touchbacks. So it is better, but it's not as flawed. You're right. It's it's You would think at that position, it's just kind of plug and play. Just kick it as far as you can. Assuming they like the guy a lot, which I do, like the person. The player, though, if we were having cocktails a week after he wins the Super Bowl, and he let's say he doesn't have to do anything, really, these next couple weeks, like, it doesn't come down to him making big field goals. Do they regret that? Like, yeah, we got a little over aggressive on that one. I mean, you know, like they did need to, they, they were going to, it looked like they were changing kickers, right? Or do you think if they don't draft him, they just eventually sign Robbie gold? Yeah, no, I, I, I think the financial swing was going to change because Bosa like you, you Four or five million dollars like, that adds up over a couple of plays. That's a big swing. So I actually but don't I, think you regret it because what are your other options, really? Brett Maher. I mean, look at some of these guys that are out. Cowboys there. drafted a guy in the fourth round who I think was the that worst was, kicker in the league. Cowboys? Not the Cowboys, excuse me, the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. Well, the Packers guy was a drafted kicker, like sixth yeah. round at Auburn. He was terrible. Well, it's, it's the pushback in general on the drafting of kickers. It's like the 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 market people on the draft would be like history shows you third round six do not draft a kicker sign a couple undrafted free agents have them battle out and the guy might just be a pro bowler right there's no guarantee drafting a guy which obviously in any position but kicking specifically it's like a lot of guys tend to be undrafted free agents so I, i do understand like i get the argument of like that's insane to take a guy on the second day of the draft and i think where we both felt at the time was like as long as he's solid, who cares? Just get your kicker however you got to get him. I, I think right now it's up in the air of like this This needs to settle down a little bit. Start with the kickoffs too. Like I, a huge part of it was like he's got this fucking massive leg. Death taxes and Moody. It's like, well, you're not confident on the death taxes and Moody when he kicks. And the kicking it through the end zone is 
and and maybe it's like his coach, like you've always said, has too much time on his hands. That that seems crazy. I, I think you're right. I think there is. You just watch him kick field goals. Like, is he a consistent ball striker right now? Has he gotten to his head and now he's lost it a little bit? He's not as confident. I, I mean, when he hit, like he after the blocked kick the other day, he like he didn't just like kind of make kicks. He drilled his 52 yarder and his extra points after the block the other day. Drilled. What's the thing? I don't feel like leg strength even when he's missed. Some but I mean, he hit him straight. Like it was down the middle. But it feels like he's got a powerful leg. But I, but but it was straight, is what I'm saying. Like it wasn't just the distance. Like he did not. It looked like he was dialed on his kicks after the block the other day. Wouldn't well, you agree? Why can't you just go long drive level on the kickoff? <laughs> Kick as hard know. as you can. I don't know. John, breaking news. Speaking of death taxes and Moody, as we're doing this live on uh, Wednesday afternoon, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. We had to wait a while for it. Adam Schefter reports Harbaugh is leaving Michigan to accept the head coaching job with the Chargers. They get their man. And the national champs now have a head coach opening. Could this be – some of you listening or watching might know already by the time you're hearing this. Maybe this is where Fangio's going? What are you laughing at? The picture. Oh, the Photoshop of Jim. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is where – what do you think? Fangio to the Chargers? be kind of weird for the Dolphins to let them go stay in the AFC and not go to the Eagles. Like you suggested to me before we started. But anyway, we can talk about Fangio later. How about this? What do you think? I think, he, I think he's bringing this guy from Michigan. Charger so, coach, man. Jim's back. Jim's back. I'm going to college football. I, you know, we've talked about this. Like, sucks. He's a big deal for college football as a head coach sport. And he's a big deal for college football. But he, gave not, eight, he gave him eight years or nine yeah, he, years. No, I know. I'm just saying from a fan standpoint, like you turn on Jim Harbaugh every Saturday, it's a pretty good watch. I'm not going to complain about Harbaugh coming back to the NFL, though. No. That, that's, that's a big addition. The AFC. I, I'm I'm glad that he I'm glad that he won. I don't think if he would have lost uh, yeah. that game, it's just he won it. He can join pretty rarefied error, right? If he ever were to Switzer not just win a championship, the Pico. Chargers won a Super Bowl. I, know. I mean, in LA, LA's got McVay and Harbaugh now. Herbert, they got a little. He he does have to play Andy and Sean Payton, Dan Antonio, Raiders. Uh, Telesco. Well, look at John, just the AFC right now is ridiculous because now I think they're going to get the most out of Herbert. Plus, look at the AFC champ game. We just had like we just had a mini NFC AFC champ game between Allen and Mahomes. We get another one, Lamar. All this bro was knocked out this year. AFC's crazy. Like one of these guys is just not going to win a Super Bowl in all likelihood in their career, right? Lamar, Josh Allen. Herbert, one of them, Burrow, one of them's not winning a champion. Maybe two of them, maybe three of them aren't going to win a Super Bowl. Think there are a that. lot of guys too. Have you noticed that we thought all these guys are going to get head coaching jobs? They're kind of filling up. Like there aren't, there aren't even that many jobs left. Like all, it's like, are we going to lose all these coordinators? Like, where are they going? Washington's still open. Atlanta's still open. Am I missing one? Okay. I don't think there's uh, a lot Seattle. of jobs. Seattle. But there's like 18 coordinators out there kind of going through the rotation. They all can't get the job. Right. A lot of guys going to be returning. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh back to San Diego, John, where it all started, by the way. Seven and four with the Toreros back in 04. Only guy. They're not in San Diego anymore, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Still. uh, See, sometimes you fly. I wish they were. I wish Jim was in San Diego right now. I mean, he played for the Chargers. I remember being a kid. Uh, comment, uh, comment, John, RIP Raiders. <laughs> that is, man, no, no, man. 
Uh, over on how many years between before the Chargers are back in the AFC Championship game? What do you think? I would say that's not. This isn't a good day for the Raiders, right? If I told you that Seattle had just hired Jim Harbaugh, like that wouldn't be a good thing for the Niners. Like this is, it's not. If you ask Andy Reid and Sean Payton, who would you want the Chargers to hire? It'd be like one of the coordinators. Think <laughs> like, of all the who playoff would they not games. Want to hire? Harbaugh or Belichick? Harbaugh, Payton, Andy Reid. All of the just. Is that, I mean, it's the best coaching. Is that the best coaching division in the NFL? It's got to be the highest priced one, right? Is this, John yeah. makes 18. I bet Jim's got to be making around the same. And Andy, if he doesn't make 25, he's underpaid at this point. So I, you just add those three guys up and the, the $6 million they're giving Antonio Pierce probably have the highest paid division in, in, in the NFL. I'm kidding. He probably makes eight. <laughs> Jim's career record, uh, it, which includes, of course, like resurrecting Stanford, you think he makes eight? Uh, who? Well, who'd you just say? You didn't say Antonio makes eight, did you? No, I bet Antonio makes seven or eight million. I don't. You think Antonio Pierce is making eight million dollars? I guess yeah, I don't think there are many head coaches in the yeah, NFL right. that make under ten. Yeah. Harbaugh's career record: one eighty-eight. This is NFL and college football combined: one eighty-eight and seventy-one. And that includes like you know going to Stanford and having to go four and eight his first year and five and seven his second year. So how fast do you think he's in the AFC championship game? Would you put it? Oh, if I said over under two and a half, I mean, when he goes like things turn in a year or two. So AFC is hard, right? The the Ravens are good. The chiefs are going to actually be better next year. I would imagine. Uh, The Bengals, Joe Burrow's healthy. They're going to be good. The bills aren't going anywhere. It's just, it's the AFC is dramatically harder than the NFC. I get why he took the job, but it is. When people are arguing over the Purdy, Josh Allen, and like all the different quote unquote narratives, it is much harder to win games in the in the AFC playoffs year in, year out. Do you know who Mahomes has beat these last like three years? The Bengals, uh, the Bills multiple times, and now he's trying to beat Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens. Like it, it's fucking hard. You, you are paying the highest price guy. That no no one, whenever we're arguing, ever goes, yeah, he's underpaid. It's always like, well, can this guy win the Super Bowl? But it's never like his contract's too much. Like all these guys have already passed all that, right? Well, that's what's weird about the AFC for Harbaugh and I think for the Raiders, but the Raiders aren't in the playoff mix, we don't think. But like Harbaugh is – We like don't think? Team, no, they're not. His team plays in a dome on the West Coast, right? Where, where everybody else is outdoor on the East. Bengals, Ravens, Bills, and Chiefs are all outdoor – Midwest or East Coast teams. He builds a team, though, that can translate anywhere. He does. He does. And Herbert's skill set should be able to translate, right? From the cold. And world. Herbert played in rain and in cold at Oregon. But, I, I mean, I, I would say it's just his history tells us, and it's kind of Niners-y, right, where he shows up to a, a franchise that has a pretty stacked roster but has not won games. Yeah. So, I mean, his history tells us he – his history tells us two things. One, he's going to compete for an AFC championship in the next two or three years. And two, Justin Herbert's career might have just been saved. I think this job is harder than the Niner job. Better quarterback he inherits, but their roster, a lot worse, cap-wise, player-wise. And well, he inherited the Niner job back when – remember, his somebody told me today, which maybe we've – like they were, they were delivering playbooks to players when uh, – when, uh, when everyone was locked out, you weren't allowed to have player contact. But somehow yeah. Alex Smith was running practices at San Jose State. 
if you want to have success in business, sometimes you got to break the rules. So, but the, but he but he inherited Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. That's true. Joe Staley, Frank Gore, Fernand Davis. Like that team had a lot of just young guys that were good. The, the Chargers have some issues. I, I think it's fair to say like year one could be rocky for his standards. Like it, I, nine and eight feels more realistic than like fourteen wins. Would I bet Chargers against them? Forty six million over. Career? They got issues, but it's like the cap. It's that's so fake. I, d- I will tell you what's cool, Armando. Harbaugh just smacking Herbert's pads before he takes the field. I love that about Jim. Just pounding this guy's shoulders. And this time when he says, like, this guy's great, he said about Alex and J.J. McCarthy. What's he going to say about Justin Herbert, who really is like a tier one talent? Yeah, it's like, I mean, the same thing he says about everybody. <laughs> uh, can Harbaugh say to his brother, hey, bro, I need McDonald back. Yeah, tough break for John Harbaugh, Metalkoff, who doesn't get to – give Jim Harbaugh coaches for just practice. Maybe David. He gave Shaw him his defensive be. coordinator. I would imagine. No, David Shaw will not be Harbaugh's OC. Those two guys are not working together. You don't think so? No, they They are not boys. Is David Shaw a play caller? He was. Yeah. No, I he mean, was. I know he's done it, but I mean, Oh no, I don't, right I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't think so though. He, his last few years, he was not calling plays at Stanford, but he was a play caller once upon a time. When you saw the story, did you see the headline over the last week that like people are interested to make Chip Kelly their offensive coordinator? I did see that. My first reaction is, where's this coming from? Who wants right. this out? Yeah. What would Chip want this out? Is like, oh, you guys don't think I'm good enough? He just signed an extension. Is it like legitimate people would want him? Like their offense was horrendous last year. True. Yeah. He was juggling. But it's been a while since I think people say like, oh, Chip Kelly's a really innovative offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this, like the guys around the Pac-12, just like other analysts and coaches that I talked to, thought he was doing a good job at UCLA offensively. And then they added the defense last year. Um, Like, I think people thought he did a good job with DTR, you know? Uh, I saw that. Yeah, I so I my first reaction when I saw that was, does Chip like want to get out of college football right now? Like they're going to the Big Ten. It's going to be pretty brutal for them. NIL, UCLA has not none. Like, I think can't afford to keep a defensive coordinator, leaves immediately. Can't afford to, yeah, loses his DC to USC. Um, uh, NIL, like, I, one thing to keep an eye on is Mick Cronin at UCLA. The reason UCLA basketball has a lot of international players on their roster this year, when they turned it over, they're really young. Mick's been really frustrated, is that international players can't make money, NIL money. And, UCLA does not have very good collective situation. So they went young because they just don't have the money. You would think UCLA should just be able to go buy a bunch of guys and put together a national championship team. It's not what happened this year. Um, so I wonder if that's a real challenge for Chip. So that that was my first thought. Now, I also think, think back a couple of years ago, they kind of, them and the athletics department, it felt like wanted to move on from him, but couldn't because his contract had a massive buyout like pre-January, and so it put them behind the eight ball. So I don't. It could come from either side, but that was my first thought. Was ah, maybe Chip wants out of college football? That was my first thought. Yeah, same. I just wonder if people be interested in him based on these other guys. Like I'd hire the next, you know, a Slowick type, you know, Zach Robinson, McVay's guy, yeah, Kubiak or Greasy. Like I, I just think those guys are going to have much more value. Even Cliff Kingsbury's interviewing places. Like he has proven that he can deal with Kyler and, you know, like he's been in the league, like chip, the league thing didn't go that well. 
I, I would just say his innovation as an offensive guy does not feel like in college football he's held to the highest regard like he once was. And like you said, he's got limitations. But part of the reason he's there is like he didn't have that many options to go different places, you know? It definitely yeah, – it's not like he's had people beating down his door the last four or five years. Right. I, I guess he he chose them over Florida. Florida was – yeah, right? Florida, yep. Uh, Alien says, uh, what's the over-under of the number of Gatorade brawls with Detroit D-backs? Do you understand that question? No. Oh, Detroit defensive backs, Juwan Jennings, pushing those – pushing a DB into the uh, Gatorade. Did you hear what Shanahan said about Jennings today? Yeah, there were fights in practice, and then you have to show him that he does this in the game. You guys had to show the defense practice film of Juwan. Like, he's not picking on you guys. This is just what he does. So I wonder if people are going to – like, he's clearly won't be on the Niners for long because other people around the league, one, are going to value that. And there's so gotta, many guys from the 49ers and other places. God, like, I can see someone giving him a born contract. I know. I, I got to tell you, rewatch. You just – he made so many big catches. Clearly – a good player. I was just watching him thinking like, God, maybe you got to find a way to keep it. This, do you sacrifice somebody else to keep no, this no, guy around? This, this, this is the NFL. Years. Kendrick Bourne leaves and you replace him with Jawan Jennings. You find, you know, this is why you draft Ronnie Bell, the tournament of that. It's yeah, just, I don't, well, it's just not trending that way right now for Ronnie Bell or for Danny Gray or. What's your one? But no one, would have, no one would have said that about Kendrick Bourne or. Or, or Jennings. Jennings. Jennings didn't play your one. Yeah, but I Jennings is, is. But here's the thing about Jennings versus Ronnie Bell. He is a bigger, more physical player than Ronnie Bell. Like Ronnie Bell, can't you, dra- you draft Jennings. another guy in the fifth round this upcoming year. You know, yeah, just that's just the way you have to do business because they have way too many other guys to pay. And at, at well, Trent Williams is going to retire essentially, eventually. And it's like, unless you strike oil in the end of the first round in the draft, you might have to trade your pick and pay a guy. You know, who knows? That position is going to be expensive. Right. Yeah, you Whoever can't pay for 20 tackle. as clutch as they are. It's still going to end up being 25, maybe catches for Juwan Jennings this year. Right. He's not exactly. like a 50 catch guy. Now, maybe he will be for somebody else. I mean, I could see it. Um, well, Kendrick Bourne, I think, has had a productive career. Right. Since leaving has he? I don't feel like I've seen Kendrick Bourne play a football game in three years. I've seen him. I mean, I I'm not being sarcastic. I'm game. just saying like the Patriots have not played meaningful games. I feel like no, Kendrick. And, he, well, he got paid and he. Uh, I'm not arguing. I'm just asking you for the stats. I because like it was him and the the two tight ends. Like any of those guys productive? The guy that charges 50, 55 80 his first year when Mac Jones was good. Five touchdowns. How many this year? 55 800. 35 37 the last two years. How many games did he play this year? year? Um that's a good question. He he's basically played them all. Uh one other thing I wanted to tell you. I went up to Chris Conley today in the locker room. Yeah. I said, Chris, how many times do you think you've caught that ball, the conversation you and I had the other day, yesterday maybe? Maybe it was Saturday night. How many times do you think you've caught that ball from Brock Purdy? He said probably once or twice this year, including practice. And he kind of said what you said, which is he's like, now it is a pretty fundamental route. Like I've run that route a lot. He's like, but in that spot, like the quarterback's got to trust it. He's like, and Brock ripped it. So it was just not a thing they'd done together even though it's something they've both done, you know, individually with other guys. Yeah. And I just think it speaks to Conley. Like that guy's played a lot of really good NFL football, right? Like he played for Andy yeah. Reid. He played with Mahomes. Like he, he knows what it's supposed to look like. High level guy. Anyway, one to two times was the answer to that question that I asked the other day. So yeah. Anything else to add? We, I'm sure we missed some stuff, but Niners by 10. 
it feels like when you're down on them is when they yeah. punish somebody, right? When you're like, I don't know, I'm going to rock and go for 14, 14 and yeah, when, you're, when you're too, when you're too cocky is when they play in the Packers. And when you're like, yeah, they've been off is when they win 48 to 17. Here's what they do against golf, right? They've beaten and golf. 10 of the points are in the fourth quarter. So they were up 48 to fucking, you know, seven entering the fourth. Well, I, I think the thing we started with, we'll finish with this. The thing we started talking about with Brock, like to me, it's, does golf throw a first quarter pick when the Niners are, Niners get it, score seven nothing, golf pick fourteen nothing? It's like, oh shit! Now they're kind of pinning their ears back and getting after him, and now they can't quite just run the ball at the Niners' underbelly like maybe well, we who, were worried they would. Who? I got one. who's a better player, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? I think Brock. I talked about this the other day. I think it's I don't maybe it was solo video, but Brock. I think Brock's the better player. I would take Brock. Now their numbers are pretty similar. I don't feel as confident on that. Like. If I think if you were just ranking the quarterbacks, I think even based on his fantastic season, like Jared Goff's now, I mean, in rare error to be a starting quarterback on two teams that have gone to a conference championship. Includes like Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner, and like Tom Brady. I think, think sometimes we talk about Jared Goff like I, 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 and again, I mean, Kyle's propping him up, but I, I don't think there's any difference. I mean, there's a difference in Brock is mobile, but Jared has a better arm and Jared has done it for a lot longer. Now he can, he can implode. And I saw Sherman say like, I've been an opponent when he's folded and that pretty has not shown the fold. Right. But pretty has shown just the unravel as play. Uh, so I would say three things to me are different to answer your question. You already said one of them, mobility, which is a big deal. Like I think part of the reason that I was beat up on golf in his career is because that's a huge moment. His, immo- his, his immobility Two, if you're telling me that you don't see a difference, well, one of them's in the second year in the league. The other one's in year seven, one, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. So if you're telling me they're the same, like give me the guy who's the same in year two versus the guy in year eight. And then the third thing is what you just said. Like if you want to look at, I do think you could look at the Ravens game, the Browns game, and the Packer game. Brock was put in positions where we had a chance to find out if he would fold or not. And even though he was rattled, even though he made some mistakes, even though he was off his game, he one thing you could, I think, say definitively about Brock Purdy, he does not fold in those. Like, he still might pull out his best. And I think Goff, who I – like, I'm with you. Like, I respect Jared. Jared's taken a beating. Jared took a beating physically. Jared was kind of Alex Smith, like uh, giving He's up. He's thrown 59 head. touchdowns the last two years. Again, I, I'm not acting yeah. like I, I just. Think I get guy, it. It, it, I, I'm cool with putting Purdy above him, but let's not act like it's fucking one guy's Mahomes and the other guy's, you know, uh, Derek Carr or something. And I, I think that's just kind of out there. Like if you just polled every GM in the NFL right now, beside the Niners and the Lions. Would it be like night? Would most teams take Jared Goff? Uh, that's a good question. I don't not, not factor in the money. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to consider this. If if you think it's close, you're like, well, this guy in year two is he going to stay this guy for six more years, or is he going to get a little bit better? Is it by year eight? Is he better than Jared Goff is right now? Right, if he's as good as him in year two, where you got to give Goff credit is he stayed alive. Like, there's no guarantee that Brock Purdy gets to year eight as a starting quarterback. Right at this point. Um, but 
I think there's areas where you hear Brock talk. You're like, yeah, this guy could get better. I don't know what the answer to that is. Like, would guys, I'm not definitive that they would all take Brock, though. So maybe that proves your point. Well, no, I mean, I think you would have to acknowledge they would not all take Brock. That I, I would say, being conservative, as let's say split, I, I think a lot of people would just lean the resume. Get one guy proven known quantity. Yeah, time. Yeah. That's what I think. Now, part but, of- but a lot like Brock, they have some similarities. They both had a lot of success when the teams have been really good, right? Yeah, I mean, they both had elite offensive coaches, right? McVay, and now Ben Johnson clearly is really good, right? He's better than their defensive coordinator because they that's the strength Todd, of their team. When Todd Gurley was young, they, they Cup, Cup was a sensation. Obviously, the talent there. Like I think they have a lot of similarities, well, I, statistically, they have a lot. Of, even not just them, like look at their teams, look at the run games. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities between. That's why I go back to if you really Was look Jared at Goff better teams, than Dak Prescott. I don't. Here's the way I look at that if you gave Kyle both of them, which one would make the Niners better? And I think it's Dak. Well, see, this is, at least we got like, this is the group that Brock has entered, right? And this is why it's so stupid with Ryan Clark. Like, no one's talking about him in that fucking group, right? Like, Clay Thompson was incredible. No one ever acted like he was LeBron James, Giannis, or Steph. So it's like, sometimes it's easy to make that argument. Like, no one with a brain ever compared this guy to Lamar Jackson. They were just having two of the better seasons, so they were discussed in the MVP conversation, right? With guys that are, say this, top 15, universally viewed as, like, top 15 quarterbacks, Dak and Golf. If I would have told you after his first season and after he was injured that, like, at the end of next season, he's going to be squarely in the group of Dak, Cousins, Jared Goff, Derek Carr won't even be there anymore. He's just in that group, and you can argue where he stacks. You're feeling pretty good, right? Because like you said, he's in year two. All those other guys, year eight, year nine. For Cousins, like, you're whatever, 15. But he's a he sat forever. He's a weird case too, because you would look at his productivity and you're like, he's so much better, but then his post seasons are terrible. Yeah. You watch him. You're like, ah, I don't know. Um, But he's a good example. He clearly got better. Right. You feel like Dak, I don't want to say plateaued, but it feels like he's been this for like three straight years. Like he just kind of been the same. And Goff has definitely ebbed and flowed. Goff's having like an actual prime is what's going on right now for Goff. Goff looks like a, just a really good player. I have a lot yeah. of respect for him. Like I, I view him now again. He he unlike Brock because Brock does not have a to me a very good offensive line when you know they're going to pass because they have some weaknesses beside Trent Williams. His mobility is a must for the Niners. I don't think they could function with the team they have as well with Jared Goff, where the Lions I think could also function with Brock Purdy, right? <laughs> With the, with the line and the weapons. And the coach. I think, I think the, 40, the OC. The 49ers are much more dependent with their offensive line with some mobility. Like, he's added a huge element to that. That's why their offense was shittier with Jimmy Garoppolo. Just the movement alone. Yep. That's why we kind of like Trey. But then it turned out like, uh, was this guy a good athlete? <laughs> Brock's athletic ability is shit. Just that run before McCaffrey had the game-winning touchdown. Like, that's that's an element like Jimmy did not. Goff can't do that. I think Brock... Goff's a dying breed, right? Like, yeah. how many guys, when you watch college football, do you see that are just true, true pocket quarterbacks? He's really a throwback to the Phillip Rivers, Eli Flacco era, which I, I have a soft spot for. You grew up watching football in, like, the 90s and the 2000s. Run the ball, so, run the ball, and... 
I mean, is there going to be a non-athletic quarterback get drafted this year, really? Penix, the least athletic guy of them all, and he's and the only reason he's, quote-unquote, least doesn't run as much is because yeah. he has like seven ACL surgeries. He was an athlete originally, right? Right, right, right. yeah. So it's like, they're just, I, when do you think the next time we'll see a Jared Goff? I mean, it might just not have, they just really don't play in college. They don't exist. Get drafted number one overall. Purdy actually, Purdy is much more normal of this modern day player. Athletic, played a Goff's bunch of kind of a weird top two pick, really. Number one. Yeah. Because yeah. his arms, like you said, his arms are strong, but it's not like uber strong. They look way different and they actually play a lot different because one kind of moves, the other guy doesn't. They actually play the like what they hang their hat on, anticipation, touch, accuracy. Like a huge part of what Jared went number one was accuracy. Like one thing, and this is why everyone air raid quarterback too was up in arms uh with the Packer game, and Goff's been questioned with the rain as well. Is like you have a quarterback that hangs your hat on accuracy. When it's off, it gets fair. It's a it's a weird experience. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Allen might miss some, and they'll throw a 70-yard bomb that hits a guy in the hands. Or Lamar, like, yeah, this shit ain't working. I'm just going to take off for like 47 yards. Right, right. You know, so like if you're the accurate guy, you just, and both those guys throughout the majority of the year, just peppering dude's hands. I, 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 I've just come around, and listen, I was an anti-golf guy. I bought into what McVay said. I, I just, I've been impressed with him this year. He made some big-time throws in that Buccaneers game. And the Rams game. He makes, he does make big throws. He makes a lot of them. When and you a lot time. like Purdy, if you just put him in the game against Stafford and they're both playing well, it's clear like one guy's arm is inefficient, you know, inefficient is the wrong word, is inferior, right? right. He just doesn't have the arm strength. But it doesn't, like, that's a great part about football. Like Joe Montana didn't have Elway's arm. Right. It's about accuracy, touch. And if you can't move protection, if you can move, Brock has more pitches that way because he can just make shit happen when and he's he's instinctive as a runner. Like Goff, whether he's instinctive or not, literally just wouldn't be able to run away. He can't, and, and it's it's you like you notice the difference between him and Trey, right? Like I, he is no less athletic, as crazy as it is, and he's more effective because he's more confident. He understands better. Well, you said it, instinctive. He's more instinctive. But it'd definitely be one of those two that like uh, you don't want a guy who runs a really fast forty. Who was the dude the Eagles took? Artega Whiteside. Yeah. And he went to the combine. And he ran like four, four, five. And everyone's like, uh, anyone that's been watching the Pac-12 views this guy as a slow receiver. Like a tight end. Like a but isn't that a good guy. example of like, yeah, some guys, if you just watch work out, you're like, what an athlete. And then if you watch play the sport of football, like, yeah, this guy's doesn't look the same. And I think I, Purdy's probably one of the, I, I mean, if you put both of them on the basketball court, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, even if you told me Brock's a good basketball player, and I'll just, let's just say Trey is too. You wouldn't come away like, oh, yeah, it'd be easy to point out the better athlete. And then you watch him play football. It, it's what the one thing I learned in scouting that is just it's impossible to quantify. is we have so many misses in the draft because, you know, that that period. But between the end of the college football season and the draft it helps you overthink things. You can't fucking teach the instincts. And that's really what Purdy hangs his hat on. And honestly, Goff, when he's playing well, is a very just natural rhythm, instinctive quarterback. Like it's. Yeah. That's what you have to like. Ultimately, Josh Allen is much more of just like I don't know what the hell I'm watching, but it works. <laughs> Mahomes is like the perfect blend of it all, right? He has like the instincts, the touch, and he has the physical capabilities. He's got he's the total package, and he's got the coach, and he's yeah, he's just got it all. Yeah, yeah. 
that's why I think that I think there's a fantastic quarterback matchup. Goff versus Purdy. I well, I agree with you. And I think it sounds good and normal now, but if I would have told you that like three years ago, you'd be like, what? You're like, yeah, what is that for last place? Um yeah, it's it's why some of these other differences, these small differences between the two of them are what should decide the game. But I think I think what we'll see is Brock have a, a, an easier time. Not easier is not the right word, but I think Brock will be more efficient throwing. I think you might look up and the Niners win by 10 and golf throws for 320, though. Because they're playing yeah. from behind. And I think you're going to have to. I think they're going to score some points. You have to keep scoring. Yeah, like you you don't get to just sit on the ball in this game, I don't think. Amon Ra is going to get – Amon Ra might have like nine for 128. Well, that's what Kyle said. He's like, you know, obviously when they asked him about – some lady asked him about uh, Dan Campbell being aggressive and how he tries to like steal possessions. And Kyle's like, well, it goes both ways. If you you stuff him, you know, it's it's pretty devastating. And uh, it's like – happened last week? I would lean aggression. I would lean aggression. And if it's not raining, he has no excuse not to. And I just, you know, it's he is a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with that. Sometimes he'll does it, but like, I can't believe he just did that. And other times it's like, Kyle, what are you doing? What is going on? So it's just, at least with Dan Campbell, you know what you're going to get with Kyle. You really, it's like, yeah, sometimes this guy fucking th- shoves eight, ten strikeouts, and other times he doesn't make it past the second inning. That, that's a Kyle's clock management slash aggression, how I would sum it up. It's like, yeah, he could look like the ballsiest coach you'll ever see, and he can look like a guy from the 70s. I, I actually expect him. I always lean he's going to be that old school guy, and I'm I'm a little stunned. But sometimes he'll do it. Once he does it early, then he'll keep doing it if it works. Yeah, He's, I mean, a, wild, he, he's a wild card. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's – yeah, like if he smells blood, right? If it's kind of move, if it's working, then I think he'll push the envelope. But if he gets it's not, scared off more than all these other guys, yeah, he'll just like you know what? I'll just sit on the ball and make sure that they don't touch it before the half. I would say one fundamental organizational difference is why does Dan Campbell? Why does Nick Sirianni? Why, why do? Why did Brandon Staley? Because their owner and leadership are telling them we want you to do that. It's supported here. No one tells Kyle that. <laughs> Like that's not, I'm not saying he doesn't get charts and stuff, but no one is telling him we want you to do that. And he's impacted by that. That I think that's a Like Sirianni went for it all the time last year. Um, he does this year too. And I'm not even just talking the tush push on fourth. I'm just saying in general, it's an organization philosophical belief because it's kind of mandated. Right. I think Dan Campbell, I don't know if they're like mandating it, but I think early on they told him like, this is what we want you to do. We support you doing this. And, and it feeds part. right into what he wants them to be, right? Like, exactly. underdog out of nowhere. We got nothing to lose. Nail, I don't knee, think kneecap there, biting. There isn't anyone. I mean, as crazy as this to say, because he hasn't won Super Bowls, like, Kyle's in like this Belichickian position where no one's really telling him what to do. For sure. Which I, I'm fine as long as you're an elite talent. And I, I, I was critical last week, but again, like, I wouldn't want him over these other coaches. It's not like you can fucking trade him for Andy Reid. But it, it can bite you in this sport, given that it's just a one-off situation. It can. But think about like the three guys you mentioned, and maybe there'd be another guy you want to mention, Sirianni, Campbell, and Kyle. Those other two guys don't call plays. So like Dan Campbell's ability to impact the game 
comes when he does. Huh? It's, it's what oh, he's yeah. doing all that's game. <laughs> that's what the CEO coach is always, you know, he's always like. They're always doing, they're like, you got to do this. They're always doing this, like this. Looking at the clock. Always looking at the clock, right? And meanwhile, they've been, you know, all the play calls are like. Yeah, and so his ability to impact the game comes on clock management, fourth down situations. Kyle's like, fuck Your job so much easier if all game, you just you just watch call timeouts and like, should I challenge? Ch- uh, and now they got a chart that tells them call the, th- you know, oh yeah, go for it here. Kyle. Kyle's how, like, much, how exhausted McVay or Kyle or Andy oh, is mentally. after calling a game. Right. <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing. It's like, Kyle's like, I'm not, I got... I got I got 17 more play calls in this game that I can affect this game with, right? I, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But he's like, Kyle's just like, I don't have a fourth down call I love here. So I'll do it later. Whereas Dan's like, all right, Ben, give me your best call. Ben's like, okay, fine. My, 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 th- my fundamental thought was just he refuses to turn the ball over in that spot and give up a free touchdown or, or, or a field goal at midfield. Yeah, because he's got – and up. he's got the more ta- – this is where this is where it doesn't make sense that you allow the other team to get kickoff returns because you got the more talented team. In theory, right? Like you're the better, co- you're the better team. You want to eliminate anything weird, and I think Kyle does generally coach that way. Like, let me dictate this game, but I don't understand then why are you letting the other team return kicks. Like, eliminate that part of the game from this. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know what their stats were this year, but like, once Lamar really became their quarterback, they became immediately like the highest fourth down percentage go for team, the, the Ravens. Mm. And obviously, they're an analytic driven Warren team. Sharp. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just think it's it's universally said because Todd Bowles and the and the uh, the Bucks went for two. Right, they're down fourteen points. They score really fast on the one drive. They go like three plays down the field, and then they go for two. And a buddy of mine that used to play in the NFL was like, "What the fuck are they doing that for?" Like, if you don't live on like NFL Twitter or whatever, you know. You, it's foreign. If you're over 40, it's, it's hard to, if you're not living and dying, like following the league super closely, it happens, doesn't happen as much as you think. And when it does, it's very, it can rattle you if you're an old school football guy. And I just got a text. Like I, I do, I can't even comprehend that. He's like the letdown of not getting it after you score a touchdown that much. How do they quantify that on the sideline? It's like, well, you still get a chance to tie it. Now, and I, I do understand the logic of, like, you're playing to win, and this is the pushback on Kyle. Like, Kyle, you're not playing to, like, keep it close. You're playing to fucking win here. Right. This is the whole point to the win. The argument being on that play. And the like, easier way to win is to get more points. Sorry. I was just going to say the argument being you have a 0% chance of winning the game in regulation if you just kick extra points, which I even in the moment was like, ah, I wouldn't want to go to overtime, overtime with the Lions either if I'm them. Right. But you know the overtime rule in the playoffs is even if they score a touchdown, you still get the ball. It's different the regular. Season. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't want like I'm just saying like I would. But but if you've scored two touchdowns late, maybe you'd feel good about going to OT. So you're but saying the hard you part is once you miss the two point conversion, now you have to go for two. You could. And lose it's like it. well, it's a fifty fifty chance. Well, it's not actually a fifty fifty chance, right? I mean, because you, you could flip a quarter and you get two straight tails. What if you I miss thought, it again? I think it's fine. like 55. Greg Olson said it's like 54, 52, like a two point conversion to get it, to get it. Yeah. And then he's like, and the extra points, 95, it's not a hundred percent. So when you factor that in, it's like, you know, that's the whole. Again, I, I understand. If that's what you do all year long, then maybe it doesn't take the wind out of your team either. I don't know. Do the, do the bucks do that all year long? I don't know how many that's times they've been question. in that spot. What's the other thing? You're not in that. Sp- How often are you down two touchdowns, 14 points with about under, you know, somewhere between 
345 to 515 time range. You get some timeouts, so you feel pretty good about getting the ball back for one more possession. It's it's a pretty rare <laughs> it's not even like guaranteed to happen once a weekend when everyone's playing. I bet you go like a week or two weeks without it the situation even coming to fruition. So it's you feel good about it? Like, or is it a 10-10 game? Or are we talking a game where you're scoring a lot? Like, there, there just has to be a lot of other factors. My point is, would Kyle do that? I, I don't think he would. I, I, I 100% don't think he would do that. No, I don't think he would either. And part of his logic would be, that's oh, all just win the game in overtime. Just the longer my team plays, the better off we are. Because we're the and better everyone team. in the analytical and I'm world the better coach. he's a fucking idiot. And a lot of GMs It wouldn't even cross would his mind. He 100%, I would bet $1,000 right now, no chance. He's going for two in that situation. If that situation arises in this game, even with Moody, bad because mean they would be down two touchdowns with like five minutes to go in the game. Moody's got to make a clutch six point. Yeah, no, no, it's it's it'd be problems. Charlie says, "Who's got it better than us?" Nobody. We did it, guys. We did it. We can finally sit at the big kids' table. It has got to be a pretty for Charger fans who are the second class citizen in their own stadium, ninth class citizen in their own town, L.A. uh, That is pretty awesome. This guy's gonna love being your coach. So, congrats. Uh, all right. Anything else? That's all she wrote. Is that it for this? Don't All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Adios! Pelota! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.